Hello, my friends. Welcome to podcast number 13. Um, if you would like to know when these podcasts air, you can go to everydaydetox.org. Uh, you can sign up for the newsletter, which I almost never send, um, and I, I will get in the habit of sending that. The good news is I'm not spamming your inbox. The bad news is I don't think I've ever sent a, a newsletter. But I plan to send a newsletter, and uh, we will let you know when these podcasts air, uh, when they are on YouTube, when they uh, are available on iTunes, which is usually around the same time. And if you like these podcasts and you would like to support these podcasts, Please go to everydaydetox.org and purchase one of our ebooks. Right now, we have a great ebook um, on fermenting at home, fermenting uh, lacto fermented vegetables, which are very, very powerful and potent um, in probiotics. Costs about $3 to make a 16 ounce jar <clears throat> of. Uh, naturally fermented vegetables that taste delicious and make your salads awesome. And uh, it is equivalent to eight bottles of store-bought probiotics, which could be anywhere from $350 to $450, depending on the brand that you like. Not per bottle, but for eight bottles. It can cost that much. So it's $3 or it's anywhere from three dollars to $400. So that is a no-brainer. Make fermented vegetables at home because it's much cheaper than even buying a jar of, uh, of six, a 16-ounce jar of fermented sauerkraut. Um, and it's just fresher and more delicious and you have more options and you never have to let food go to waste again. So um, please get over there. Support the, uh, support the podcast. The more ebooks we sell, the more podcasts I can make. <clears throat> My voice is going. I was talking to Bex for over an hour about this, so I just ended that podcast. So um, let's jump right in. I hope you guys enjoy it. I started this, um, this group with my girlfriend, Danielle, it's called, uh, the Zen bliss community. It's a private Facebook group. Um, the link is going to be in the description. I encourage everybody to join. We have over 850 members now, very, very active members. Um, it was created as a space for compassionate growth. The theme of the group are the eight limbs of yoga, um, according to Patanjali and we've been exploring first Ahimsa, and with Ahimsa, we've decided to go um, 30 days meat-free. Okay. And Ahimsa, for those who don't know, most people listening might know, but it's basically the um, philosophy of nonviolence and, and do no harm. Right, right. What brings us here <laughs> to this video today is that the other night, um, you texted me, and I didn't see it till almost the middle of the night, uh, a video from Freely. Yeah, um, it was. It's, it's, it turned out to be a very powerful video. When I first saw that video, I was just like, "Oh shit! This is going. This whole thing that they do is going to implode because she's using very strong language on the internet, which is a very volatile place to begin with." And uh, she did lose thousands of subscribers from making this video. Um, it had at first. I thought, "Well, this is." I thought this is just a clickbait title because they do that, um, uh, and it works very well. I thought that's all this is, but I thought let me, I thought it's like a three minute video. Let me give it a run, and I watched it, and it wasn't just that. It was it was her really having strong feelings about this, um, and the title of the video, if I'm getting it correctly, was um, basically "Do people that eat meat deserve to live, or people that are not vegan deserve to live?" Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna link the video in the description below so that people can go and watch it because I encourage everybody to watch it. Uh, this is not a new idea, by the way. I mean, this has been going on for like 30, 40 years, these ideas about um, humanity being a virus on the planet and humanity being the problem. And do we really have a place, you know, would the other uh, species on this planet vote us off if we were, um, if, if that were able to happen? And, um, you know, we are responsible for a lot. I guess what we should, we should, um, what I want to say to begin with, for, be, 
first thing is, be, if anyone's going to comment on these videos or this podcast or however this shows up on the internet, um, if you don't have uh, any direct experience with viewing or understanding the suffering of animals and, this, and the destruction of the planet in relationship to animals, um, if you've not seen the movie Earthlings, if you've not seen video footage of factory farming, uh, fur, fur manufacturing and fur farming or vivisection, check that stuff out. Um, Earthlings is a great one because it's a very well-made film. Um, but check that out because a lot, you know, a lot of people want to comment through their, through our goggles of how we see the world. And a lot of, I think a lot of it is people not being aware. So before you comment on this, make sure uh, that you check that out. Um, the other thing is I want, and I think I speak for you, I know I speak for me when I say uh, any comments or judgments that we make as we're having this discussion is not targeted toward any indigenous peoples living in balance with the planet somewhere that eat animals. This is more about civilization. Um, it's about the systematic torture and pollution machine known as modern animal agriculture. That's what we're talking about. Um, there's no vegan indigenous cultures, not that I've ever known uh, or studied about. And um, veganism is a new opportunity for humanity, uh, which is amazing. And um, it's only possible through farming and technology. So we're not ignorant here as we have this conversation. Like, we understand these things. Right. And I don't think that this is a discussion um, whether or not people are meant to be vegan. We've done that video, whether or not we're, you know, omnivores or herbivores. This is a discussion about what Freely said in her video, our interpretation and response to that. This video that you sent me the other night, for some reason, and I can't put my finger on it, really shifted my own thinking and it has set me on a new and faster pace um, for my own journey. So I'm, I'm super excited for people to watch it just so that they have a better understanding of, of what I'm saying and maybe they can be touched in the same way that I was. So freely for the win right there. I know. <laughs> Freely for the win. Well, what she's doing and what Durian Ryder is doing, um, her other half, is they are breathing life into something that um, that sort of uh, – not for everyone, but but sort of fell away for a while. Like, like veganism has always been associated with animal rights stuff. When I first got into it, I was going to protest. I used to run a, um, a group in college called Students for a Globally Sustainable Future, uh, and we would show animal rights videos and slaughterhouse videos and really powerful stuff. Uh, it turned a lot of people away, honestly. But um, – uh, that was a big part of it. And that kind of fell away when the beautiful pictures of food showed up on the internet and um, uh, the athletic connection to veganism showed up and all the fitness stuff and the body image stuff. So like that took center stage. But the reason this movement had anything to it was because people were horrified about uh, environmental destruction and, and, uh, and animal suffering. So they're breathing new life into that now, which is amazing. And, uh... But let's talk about that. It's turning a lot of people off. So this is the discussion. I, I thought really – after I watched the video, I was up for hours. I felt um, – it wasn't about you know feeling guilty or conflicted or anything like that. I was just so super anxious to start talking about it, and I wanted it to hurry up and be morning so that I could get it into the group, into the private group, and get people's reactions, even though I knew that it was going to stir up some trouble. Because this group has been a safe place – for um for growth and everyone's been so nice now all of a sudden i'm putting freely into the mix and she has these really strong words and i knew that it was going to bother some people but that's um 
I have I have strong feelings about uh, allowing all voices into any type of um, discussion, especially when it comes to activism. And I kept bringing up the civil rights movement because that's what most people are familiar with. Um, we mm-hmm. learn about that a lot in history. We don't learn the whole history, but you know. So I brought up some well-known names, and I talked about Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. and then Malcolm X and the Black Panthers, and you know how. Um, how their the influence that they had on my life. The first, for instance, the first book that I ever read on my own, not as a, a student, um, about the civil rights movement was uh, Soul on Ice. I read it when I was 14 years old, and it's the autobiography of Eldridge Cleaver, and he was a Black Panther. And so militant, maybe, considered by some, <laughs> you know, to okay. be militant. Um but it moved me and it propelled me toward a life of acti- activism and uh, personal growth and exploration of who I am and what my place is on this earth and as a human being and my responsibility to other human beings. So that was my first um, exposure to activism. And then the next book that I read that really changed me. It wasn't the next book that I read, but the one that changed me was when I was 15 and that was Be Here Now by Ram Dass. Completely different in every single way. Right. Both essential to my growth. Both Two books that I still hold close to my heart as, um, you know, catalysts for my, for my journey. Um, so, so bringing it back to Freely, it's like, I just think that she's so needed. I think that that type of her voice, because it's true and honest and sincere, um, that's needed in this movement as much as a voice like yours, which is really nice. I've, I've, I've intentionally, I've intentionally toned that down over the years. Cause I was a very militant vegan initially and, uh, Militant vegans can be exceptionally annoying, especially if you're the family member of one. So I apologize to my family. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's yeah, funny. But that- annoying, but like, are we supposed to not ever be annoying? Are we supposed to never get in people's faces? Is that stifling our truth and then diluting our message? No. And no. does it always have to be nice no. to be effective? I noticed, though, just doing the sort of activism work that I do that I get a much further reach when I um, bring it back to include all people when I'm less harsh and uh, when I don't show images of uh, suffering because people don't want to see that in the in the way of social media anyway you know people have a hard time with that Um, yet it's so powerful when you see it well you know what it was it was her words basically saying like paraphrasing what's your excuse at this point when I've seen all of the materials. I've watched all the documentaries. Um, you are my friend. <laughs> you know, what's my excuse at this point? Being someone who has the means, has the financial means and the access to good, healthy food, why would I still be eating animal products? And I had to look at, you know, I had to look at myself really, really hard and ask myself that question in the middle of the night the other night and say, you know what, I have no excuse. I have no excuse at all. And I've just been kind of putting it off and, you know, shoving it aside and acting like it's not so important and I'm doing the best I can. And, you know, all of that nonsense when I really haven't been, I've been playing both sides and people appreciate that about me. They appreciate my moderate view and they like that. Like, I don't really take a hard stance, even though in my real life I have these strong, 
strongly felt beliefs um, that I'm not always practicing, I just don't talk about them as much because I wasn't, I wasn't uh, practicing them. And I was a little bit embarrassed. What a, what a pivotal moment for you. And Freely had a lot to do with that. As one of my teachers said to me, you know, one time during a process, you know, what are you pretending not to know? We all pretend not to know things. If we think about it, I mean, why she's using that, that strong language is because we're in crisis mode. Yes. And it's, if we all lived, if there were a hundred of us and we all drank water from the same lake and every day, you know, 90, you know, people from our community went up and poured a bucket of poison into the lake every day. And, you know, we would not allow that to happen. We would stop that. We would either kill them or we would imprison them or we would do something. We would not let people poison the lake. But when people eat a hamburger or something every day, they are poisoning. They're not only creating suffering for an animal, which can be a very um, subjective type of thing, I imagine. Uh, you know, some people care, some people don't. But not only is that occurring, which, which really pulls on people's heartstrings, but every time people eat meat, they're destroying the planet and they're killing all of us and they're killing our future and they're killing our children's future. So I think what she was trying to say is why would we allow that to happen? Would we allow that to happen? Do you deserve to live in our community if you are consciously just saying, I don't give a fuck and I'm wasting away all of our resources and destroying the future for people? I'm super scared of um, the, the things that my children and my grandchildren are going to face. Like I'm going to be alive to see my grandchildren be born. I'm going to love them very much. These aren't like, you know, relatives, generations to come that you know, I'm worried about. These are the people that I'm going to know in my lifetime and, and love and care about. And I'm, I'm really scared about, uh, you know, the water stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. We're going to escape. We're go- if you watch a lot, and Vice is doing a great job at covering a lot of this stuff. I saw an amazing one last night on uh, on GMO seeds. Um, they did a lot of stuff on global warming and ice cap melting and stuff. We're going to escape like this. We're going to see some superstorms and things, and some, uh, you know, we're going to have some stuff happen in our lifetime. But it's really, it's really what's going to the people that are going to be born within the next, you know, or people that have been born in the last five years to ten years, and their lives are going to be so dramatically different. And I don't think our minds could really handle that. And I think that's okay. So that's that's what I want. That's the point I wanted to bring up. So, you know, Freely made a, she defined who, who it was. And I think you were, you were part of that in, in some, you were one of those people in some way, because um, most people are not born vegan to vegan parents with an awareness around animal rights and things like that. So when people have an indifference to suffering, it's either they don't know. Okay. So they genuinely don't know the discomfort of changing, you know, like you notice that what happens and this happens with a lot of friends of ours on Facebook. Um, the moment you post something about veganism or animal rights or something like that, somebody always makes a joke. 30 people usually make a joke. And it's some tongue-in-cheek little giggle thing, which is really interesting because, A, it's usually not funny. And the serious side of me says, no, this is not funny because we're in such, such a terrible situation and we're in crisis mode. So, yes, it's not funny. But, and it's usually not even funny like as a goof. Like it's not even something I could get. So, and, I, and I wonder, what's the psychology around that? Why do people have to say, you know, meat is murder, tasty, tasty murder, he, 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 he. Right. But, but there's something really interesting about the psychology of that. And what is that, what is that a response to? Because those are the people she's talking to. And I think that that response... Um, well, you're challenging people's way of lives, right? You're challenging um, something that they hold, you know, as a, a belief of theirs to be true. So you're telling them that they're wrong. Mm. Um, so they're automatically going to get defensive. Humor turns up a lot when people are being defensive. I know that I do it. Um, 
you know, for me, when I see it, it just feels so overwhelming when people start talking about it. And it's like, how am I going to change everything about what I do? Here's my advice for people in this group that are getting that are really getting into vegetarian and, ve- and veganism. And this is from being a long-term vegan and knowing so many of them. And this is sort of what we all come to when it comes to our activism part of it is <clears throat> don't be an annoying vegan. Don't be a militant vegan. Just show people how dope your life is and uh, and people will, will kind of get with it and, and follow along. You don't have to, you know, on family movie night say, oh, I just want to show you this vivisection video where they're putting, you know, wires into a cat's brain. Like that's not it's probably not going to win your family over. Just tell them how dope your life is and how much better you feel and how much spiritually clear you feel not creating any more bad karma and uh, suffering in the world. Have, have you seen the movie Earthlings? I haven't. I'm like Bliss- the only one. Well, that can be one of the events at the Bliss Inn. We'll do a viewing of Earthlings. <sighs> okay. Okay? Can't charge money for it, though, because it's somebody else's film. Um, but we can have a free movie night and we can have a workshop based around that. Yeah, I think it's free. It's like free on YouTube. Earthlings, very powerful film. I didn't even see that till I was already like 15 years in. I mean, that was very powerful. So, <gasps> it's so sad what's happening. Um, it's so like it's re- the suffering and the, the 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 disregard for other beings is so sad to see. Like when you see the video footage, I can't watch it. It's been 10 years. I haven't been able to watch any of that stuff anymore because it's just so heartbreaking seen it all you know i haven't seen earthlings but obviously i've seen like all the stuff it was just um i don't i really i i mean deep down i don't even know it took me so long to i don't know it took me so long i don't know i definitely didn't have like a lot of ego about it i didn't feel like this is my right you know animals are meant to be like i don't i don't like circle of life food chain like i never i don't know what it was just bad habit i don't i don't i don't know yeah, it's habit, it's addiction. Sometimes there's so much other stuff going on in life that we just have fuck it moments and we do we just go with the flow of life because we can't ha- you know, we we can't be I mean, some people can, but like I I mean, I even have a hard time. I mean, I can't show up a, a thousand percent at every second of life. I've been doing it with non-organic food lately. I've been buying all these mangoes that are not organic and I'm like, "Well, I could go over to the the co-op and get them organic, but it's just like at that moment, I'm like, it's just too much. I just did too much work today. I just buy it. Now, that's a little thing. But I think a lot of people do that with meat and stuff too. They're like, oh, God, yeah, I don't have any chickpeas in the house. What are we going to eat? I'd have to go shopping. Oh, he brought home a pepperoni pizza. All right, kids, let's just all eat that. You know what I mean? It's just like it's people just trying to cope and deal with life and get through things. And sometimes it's easier to dismiss things even when we know it's wrong. I mean, I see that because I've just been – lazy about it because I do feel like I have a lot of stuff going on and it's like always like well that's gonna be the next thing that's gonna be you know when I really get my head on straight and I have like more and I don't have babies then I'm gonna like really get into food and and but it just mm, it was so easy now that I'm now that I've done it I'm like why even like the kid like nobody wants to stop eating chicken Mm -hmm. we don't eat like steak and stuff because we you know it's expensive um but like nobody wants to stop eating chicken and i'm not i don't want to fight with anybody about it i did talk to justin and i said like things are going to change around here because i'm the mom like things are changing you know like it wasn't even like could you please come with me on this journey it's like right um and he really wants to do the meat bird thing and 
you know, we did some research, we went to the farm store and we saw like the Cornish birds and, you know, that those are meat birds. So they grow really fast and their little legs break and all this like terrible stuff happens to them because that's what they're bred for. And they're like, you got it. They, they, there's like a 30% mortality rate before they're even harvested. And I'm like, what the, this is terrible. Like <laughs> these birds in my backyard just dropping dead. Yeah. Um, so we looked into dual purpose birds, like, you know, layers slash meat birds and I said, you know what? I didn't want it to happen. I was like, I don't want birds being killed on our property. Like, I don't want that energy here. But what's the difference if he's going to the grocery store and he's buying the meat anyway? I mean, that energy is coming onto the property. Um, So I was like, do it. Get your meat birds. And then you can do that whole thing. You can have the whole process. And you can participate in it. And that's what you want to do. I'm I'm okay with that. It's that if you guys are going to continue to eat it. so he would sl- he would slaughter some of those birds. He wants to learn how to do it himself. He doesn't. I said you can have it hired out, and he's like, no, I want to do it. I want to be. The, I want to do the process. Mm. So well, that's commendable. I know Justin though. I think it'd be interesting if he, if you sit down one night after the kids go to bed and you put Earthlings on or something like that, or if you take a family trip to Farm Sanctuary in Watkins Glen, which is a beautiful town anyway, and Farm Sanctuary is great and it's amazing. Like the kids would love it. I think he. I just. I don't know. I think he would soften up because he's a softy. I don't think that he's not softened up about it. I think that he just feels like he believes in eating meat. Like he just doesn't see that it's it's a bad thing if you love the animal and then you just like kill it really quick. You know, yeah. like he just he doesn't he doesn't um you know you care for the animal rather like I don't think you kill things you love, but like if you care for the animal and then he's okay with just like a quick like and then you eat the chicken. Um, he's humanely killed baby birds that we've found because they were going to die. So he's done done that. that And I'm like, how do you do that? And he's like, you just do it. Like it's something that has to be done. So I don't think that he's, I think that he is with me on like not wanting to participate in any more pain and suffering. Like he's, he's, he's like there. Um, But it's, um, we'll see. I'm just. Humanely killing chickens um, is, is, it's rough. It's I've seen I've seen video footage of organic farms where they where they put them in the cone and they turn them upside down and they cut the throat and the thing's kicking and bleeding out and gurgling on its blood and it's not like it's just like shuts off, you know. The way my dad taught him wasn't that. Like he didn't put him in the cone and like cuz that's like if you're doing a bunch of them, but my dad when he was growing up on the farm, you would just go out and take one chicken, you don't line them up so everyone knows they're getting killed. Right. And you would just and that's it. It's the end of it. It's a quick neck snap or something? Quick neck snap. You just snap their neck. It takes a second. I'm a city boy. I'm not versed in killing anything. Yeah, like I don't like the idea of like animals going – because that's the whole thing. Like you could live a really great life when you're going to the slaughterhouse and you hear that and you smell it and there's a whole line of animals lined up. Like they know that they're going to die. They're making distress noises. Right, and the chickens in the cones, like that's horrific to me. It's like the – and it's like I don't have experience with cows and pigs and all that stuff. And obviously I know that they suffer. But having that intimate experience with chickens and seeing what sensitive creatures they are, they know what's up all the time. I even have this whole thing that I was going to bring up during your video uh, that I didn't because I just thought it would get us way off. Um, but I have this thing about hunting deer where 
I thought about it, and deer, you know, okay, basically we screwed up the deer population because we, we kind of chased off all the predators. Now, we don't want wolves in the backyard picking off our children or our chickens or our dogs or whatever, right? So, okay, so we did, you know, we, we made space for us to live. We got rid of the wolves. Now we have all these deer running around, and when there's too many deer, they starve to death. The bucks compete. They fuck each other up. Um, it gets really, it gets brutal out there. Now, if you think about it in a natural world, there would, these deer would be getting torn to shreds by wolves. <laughs> That's how many of them would die. So I think, well, if we, here we have a hunter. How die in the, in the wild. Yeah. They get torn to shreds. So here we have these hunters, and, and people go, well, hunting's not a sport. You know, hunting, you should, like, go at it with a knife, or you should be hand-to-hand combat. And I'm like, that would be, br- that would be fucking crazy. If I were a deer... <laughs> If I were a deer and I was going to, and I had, and I was like, look, it's my time. Would I rather be torn to shreds by a pack of wolves or would I rather have some high velocity bullet coming from some dude hit me in the head and just go out like that? Because it's almost more, the principle of ahimsa in, in that situation almost is in favor of the hunter controlling a deer population than it is to let deers either starve to death or get torn to shreds by packs of wolves, even though that's natural. We've created these issues in so many different ways um, that only have really ugly solutions. It's like, what, what are we going to do? Yeah. I'm not, you know, going to die. Me or the deer, it's me. We're, we're the only species that preserves life the way that we do. I mean, there's de- like this whole system is designed around death. It's the circle of life. The circle of life includes death. And we just prolong and protect the fuck out of ours because we have the brain to do it. And we have uh, we... bald eagles nesting down the street from me now. Oh, that's great. Because now we've brought them back and now they're like pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we saw Justin um, and I were driving down the street and there was a huge, I mean, these animals are massive, bald, adult bald eagle and a junior so it was really, and it's all brown and ugly. <laughs> the juniors are, yeah. They're really ugly, but it was really cool, and they were hunting in the um, in the field. It was cool. Are we? Uh, are we done? I think we're done. I feel like crying, so I'm gonna like ha- I'm gonna be done with this, and then I'm gonna cry to you for a minute. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, that's it.